that you know where each and every one of us are tonight. We expect you, Holy Spirit, to speak something into our hearts and our lives. Thank you that you love us. And your work that you've begun, you will complete in us. We expect and receive from you tonight, Holy Spirit, for gathered in your name. Thank you for every life that is here. The value of that life. Thank you that you've rescued us and you've rescued us for freedom. We thank you for a spirit of freedom and healing has been declared and decreed in the atmosphere of this place. And we just breathe in already what's been sown to the atmosphere, the declaration of freedom. We declare we're free in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. You receive that tonight. Praise the name of the Lord. Glory be to God. We're glad you're here tonight. We want to study the word. And as you know, we've been studying about, we've been breaking down the, uh, how Jesus taught us to pray. In Acts, it was called the prayer. It was the prayer that Jesus taught us. And we've been building a house of prayer. And how many know we've already, tonight we'll make the sixth room that we've built. How many know the house is coming along? Amen. And so we saw in the first room is the family room. And it's our Father, where we go to our Father. And then the adoration room, which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. The adoration room. The declaration room. The surrender room. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The provision room. Give us this day our daily bread. We talked about the provision room last week and tonight. Guess what we're going to talk about tonight? Forgive us our debts. We're going to be talking about the forgiveness room. How many know that room very good? Ah, uh, thank God for the forgiveness room. Hallelujah. And I want to read something to you. Uh, C.S. Lewis wrote this. And, and I thought it was so awesome. He said, I think that if God forgives us, we must forgive ourselves. Otherwise, it is almost like setting ourselves up as a higher court than God's. Oh, just, just, just let that go down on the deep inside of you. That we go into, Father, forgive us of our sins, our trespasses, our weaknesses. Father, forgive us our debts. As we forget our debtors, what how many you know that part of that forgiveness room is that we've got, we have to forgive ourselves. We forgive so many, we, talk, we concentrate on forgiving so many others, but how many times do we go in there expecting and looking to, be, to forgive ourselves as well as forgiving others? And I read this, I thought, well, this is awesome. I think that if God forgives us, we must forgive ourselves. And if I don't forgive myself, I'm building myself a court or a throne higher than God's. Because what God has ruled isn't high enough. I've got to go higher and say, no, I'm still guilty. I'm not forgiven. I'm still angry at me. And as I read that quote from C.S. Lewis, it reminded me of what I read Sunday. And look with me, please, in Psalm chapter 41. I read this Sunday, and I want to read it again, because there's a point here. The Holy Spirit just brought me back and says, go back to that scripture. So I did. In Psalms 41, verse 12. You know me inside and out. You hold me together. How many remember that scripture from Sunday? Now listen to this now. You never fail. This is the message. You never fail to stand me tall in your presence. 
so I can look you in the eye. Holy Spirit brought me back to this. You never fail. You know me inside and out. You know my shortcomings. But you never fail to stand me up tall in your presence so I can look you in the eye. You want me to look at you in the eye. And one of the things that you see so many times is when you're talking to people, especially when you're a reverend, when you're a pastor, when you're a preacher, and you talk to somebody, and maybe they, they're not saved, or maybe they're living a lifestyle they shouldn't, and you go talk to them, and, 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 you, and you talk to them, and so many times they, they look down most of the time while you're talking to them. And when you're ministering to somebody that may be oppressed by demonic spirits, the devils in those people, they don't ever want to look you in the eye. And when somebody feels guilty, the guilty person doesn't want to look you in the eye. And all the time the Heavenly Father is saying, hey, I know you. And I still love you. And I want you to look me in the eye. Because it's my eyes that I tell you. You can see in the eyes how much, you can see my mercy, you can see my love, and you can see my compassion. He said, I will, I will cause you to stand tall and, and tall in my presence and look me in the eye. I want to ask you tonight, is there, is there somebody here, and I'm not going to embarrass you, but there's something I want to just, I felt I could do to make an example, but uh, it's not going to be a humiliating example, I promise. But is there somebody here tonight, you've been feeling beat down, you've been feeling like maybe you can't be forgiven or you've been fighting with something that you might have done in the past and you're not sure if it's forgiven or anybody here that, that you feel a number of hands would you come see and, I, and I'm not going I'm not going to humiliate you or nothing I, I want to do what Jesus wants to do so you just stand right here and I'm going to read something to you that Jesus would want to tell you. You've been feeling that maybe things in the past, you've been going through all these different things, and, and, and you have all these emotions tied into all these thoughts, and, and you can beat yourself about all these things, and you wonder, if, if I would see Jesus and look him in the eye, what would he tell me? And I want you to see right here in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 11. It says, so now Jesus and the ones he makes holy have the same father. And now I want you to hear this. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call you his sister. You needed that? I know you did. Do you see what Jesus would say? It's in his word right here. Yes, sir. I see that. Amen. <laughs> he is not ashamed. To call you his sister. For he said, I will proclaim your name to my brethren and sisters. It says in the message, Jesus doesn't hesitate to treat you as family. He's put you in the same family circle. The family circle. Do you know what that means? He's got you right here next to Moses. Elijah, well, you know, the same family circle. Yeah, he's, it said right there. He's put you in the family of God. So you can stand right there besides Moses and Elijah and Elisha. 
and, and, and uh, all those who have gone on before. And, and God is not a respecter of persons. And he sees you just as awesome as he did Mary Magdalene, as he did Esther. He, he puts you in the same family circle. And he says, you, you, just, you just look at me and you just receive from, from me just like everybody else can. Is that it? it? Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord praise. Amen. Amen. I mean, that's, this is how real, this is how real the Holy Spirit wants to minister to us. And the Holy Spirit just said, go back to that scripture. And he says, look at Hebrews. What would Jesus say? I- I'm not ashamed to call you my brother. I'm not ashamed to call you my brother. I'm not, a, so don't you be ashamed. You have, you have nothing to be ashamed of. Because I'm not ashamed to call you brother. I'll call you my brother in front of my father. And I'll call you my brother in front of all the saints. Oh, come on. That's just healing. To go into that room of forgiveness. No matter who we were. What we've done. What we were known for. No matter what's been on our record. I'm not ashamed to call you my sister. Not just me. Jesus. I'm not ashamed to call you my sister. I don't care what others have said. I don't care what you've done, where you've been. I'm not ashamed. Jesus, holy Jesus, I'm not ashamed to call you my sister. And the father says, and and Jesus, I'm not ashamed to call her my daughter. I'm not ashamed to call you my son. I'm not ashamed to call you my daughter. Oh, that's healing. That's healing. That makes it so real. And so we go through these different rooms. And I was thinking, we, we go in these different rooms and we, we, come, we, we come to the room of forgiveness, not in fear and trembling, but knowing that Jesus goes, is going to take us. He's going to go, come, come on, get up. Look me in the eye. But it's in that forgiveness room. And, and I pictured, how many ever get up early in the morning uh, and you like to get up before anybody else, and, and it's still dark, it's quiet, everybody else is still sleeping, and, and, and it's just quiet and solemn. On Sunday mornings, that's my favorite time. I get up about 4.30 on Sunday mornings, and nobody's getting up till 6.30, so I've got all that time just to be with the Father. And, and when you get up during hours of the night, it's still dark outside. And I pictured the forgiveness room as that real quiet, dimly lit room where you go in there, and you don't want any distractions. Because to, to get to where I want to go, uh, I have to have the Father's full attention. Because this is what the Holy Spirit reminded me of. He, I guess with it being Mother's Day, he, he brought me back to something. And when we were kids, a lot of us were kids, we had to play outside. So how many of you guys used to get splinters in your fingers and your hands? You know, our kids don't get splinters anymore. They, they just get calluses from the computer games. But how many remember getting splinters? And how many of you had a few splinters dug out? Your mom, you probably could see your mama standing over the gas stove and lighting up that needle, huh? Lighting the needle up. It, it has the peroxide. And, and how many, after having a few splinters pulled out, uh, you would kind of hide the next time you got a splinter because you knew what was coming. And how many of you know, the longer you, you hid the splinter and it stayed in there, 
How many of you know the more infected it got and the more it hurt when mama ended up dig digging it out? Can I hear an amen in the house tonight? Are, are, are you feeling me tonight? Are you feeling me tonight? And, and I remember going to mom, and, and this is what I pictured about the forgiveness room. I just pictured, uh, okay, mom, I got to have the splinter dug out, okay, and she'd have me sit down. There'd always be at the kitchen table, digging splinters out, getting pus all over the kitchen table. Anyway, sitting there, and mama's done heated the needle, and she's giving your hand. So I give her my hand, and my finger on my foot, you know, we got them everywhere. And then mama would slowly, she just wouldn't open it up, she just slowly, slowly start prying that skin above the splinter. Just slowly working on that splinter. Just taking your time. I know it's going to hurt, baby. Just, just hold on, hold on. We almost got it. There's a piece of it. There's a piece of it. How many remember the procedure? Some of you mothers remember taking the splinters out. How many remember that? Well, I, I, he, the Holy Spirit took me back to these scriptures and he showed, reminded me of mom digging the splinters out. And then I started thinking, how many times we think of, Father, forgive me of my sins. And we start thinking about all these big sins. And we start talking, thinking about all the things I did wrong. And we start thinking all these type of stuff. But when you go into that quiet room of forgiveness, Holy Spirit will start talking to us. Not just about the sins, but the splinters in our eyes for judging others. Come on, church. He started talking. I thought about splinter. He said, how about the splinter in the eye? You're so worried about the splinter in your brother or sister's eye, you don't even see the beam in your own eye. And, and you go in there, and, and you're going to ask God to forgive you for something specific. And, and, and Jesus just sits there, and he just, um, do you remember? And it's like, I remember back in 1986, we were in Argentina the first uh, year my wife and I that were there together. And I saw this pastor uh, that I became very close to and worked with the whole time. And we're still in communication, very close. We were, in 1986, we were leaving a church and we were uh, going down the road. And I saw this certain pastor at nighttime, 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, walking on the sidewalk, dark sidewalk, with another woman that wasn't his wife. And so we saw that, and the next day, me and the missionary we were working with, we were sitting on the swing, and, and I said, you know, you know, I saw this pastor last night. It, it was uh, 9.30, 10 o'clock. It was dark, and he turned this corner, and when I, we looked, uh, he, it wasn't his wife he was walking on the sidewalk with. I said, you know, that's the, and I, and I told this missionary, I said, you know, that's not a very good testimony for a pastor. And we all would agree about that. We all would agree. That's not a good testimony for a pastor. And I was telling him, he says, oh, no, we got to be careful. We've got to walk in excellence. Do you know the next morning when I got up and I read my devotion and I was praying? Do you know the Lord spoke to me and he says, I've got plans for you and that preacher. I've got plans for y'all that you don't even know about. And I can't hook you up with him till you go to him and you tell him what you said behind his back. And you ask his forgiveness. Do you know how much I wanted to argue with Jesus about that splinter? I've got to go to this pastor. And I've got to say, my brother, can I talk to you? And I, I did. I went to his job. And I said, can I have some time with you? Can I talk to you? I did it the next day. He said, yeah, sure. And, you know, we just got to know each other a little bit and all that. And I said, I've got to ask you to forgive me. He says, why? 
I said, brother, I, I spoke behind your back. I saw you walking down the street. And I said, the only person I told was Brother James, the missionary I'm working with. He's the only person I, I, I told. But the Holy Spirit convicted me so much. And he told me, I needed to come tell you that I spoke behind your back about you walking with that lady. And I, I said, that was none of my business. And I want to ask you to forgive me for talking about you behind your back. And he didn't even remember. And so he asked me, to, so I asked him to forgive me. And he says, oh, I forgive, I forgive you. And we worked together for years and did a lot of great things for God. But if, if Jesus wouldn't have spoke to me about that little splinter, I helped, I helped his daughter go to Paraguay to be a missionary. We ended up opening some works together. And his own son and daughter-in-law came to work with my wife and I years later. We did a feeding program where we were feeding kids on a daily basis in a building that we helped him build. He became the pastor of the organization of the pastors of the big city we lived in. I helped him and his wife go to Israel on a trip. When we go down there, him and his wife, they come to the church, to our church that we started down there. He comes down there as one of my oldest friends. And none of that may have happened if the Holy Spirit would not have come with that needle and say, Russ, you were wrong. You judged him. And you're going to have to go to him. And you're going to have to ask him to forgive. And you know, instead of hurting our relationship, that was the glue that glued our relationship for all the years, even till today. You hear what I'm saying, church? When you go in that forgiveness room, you never know what Holy Spirit, what Jesus, what the Father is going to bring up to, to our attention. And, and you know, I, I'm just going to be vulnerable. I, I'm going to share something else. Uh, when I was a kid, my dad was never, the, he was a pastor most of my life. He was never a confrontational type of man. He would not confront. And my dad got angry. My dad would leave churches when the Jezebels, how many know what a Jezebel is? They're the women who tell the pastor what to do. They're the bossy women in the church. Well, anyway, my dad got ran off from a number of churches by Jezebels. These Jezebels would stand up to my dad and start telling my dad, you don't need to have that preacher back to preach. We don't want that type of preaching. We don't want that type of thing. And they'd want to run the church. And my dad, instead of confronting them, my dad would leave the church. Well, I was angry as a kid, as a teenager. I was angry at the Jezebels. Man, those women, man, I wish somebody put them in their place. Why do they have to, to, you know, who are they to be telling my dad what to do? And I'd be all mad at the Jezebels until the Holy Spirit one day spoke to me and he says, you need to forgive your dad because you've branded your dad as an Ahab. And you have unforgiveness towards your dad for not standing up to the Jezebels. And you've branded him as an Ahab because a Jezebel cannot run if there's not an Ahab. And since he was an Ahab because you called him an Ahab, the Jezebels ran the church. And you have unforgiveness towards your dad. for let, You're not just angry at the Jezebels, you're angry at your dad and you need to forgive him. How many know that when you, man, when, when you go in that forgiveness room, it can go deep. It'll go deep. And he'll bring things to our attention that, that, well, listen, he knows this inside and out. He'll bring things to our attention we don't even know that's there. 
when I was about 15, 16, we had a prophet come through and I would meet with him every time he would come through. And he's been here a number of times, Brother Howard. And we're in the, uh, all my dad's office and we were sharing and, and uh, he was praying over me and ministering to me. And I, I was all happy that at that moment, I didn't have a whole lot of bad stuff to talk about and I didn't need a lot of things to be prayed about. And I thought everything was going pretty cool and all that until he pointed his finger over the desk at me. He says, you need to repent for being proud and saying, thank God I'm not like my brother. Because I have a younger brother. And there were some things that happened. And I was saying inside in my heart, I'm so glad I'm not like my brother. And guess what? God sent the prophet and the prophet rebuked me for, for being prideful and saying in my heart quietly, thank God I'm not like my brother. And God said, you broke my heart. You broke my heart by saying that. You broke my heart by saying that. And so when we, when we go into this, the, past the surrender room, past the provision room, and we go into the room of forgiveness, Father, Father, forgive me. We go, in that, we go into that forgiveness room. And, and what I do so many times when I have to counsel somebody or I have to do confrontation with somebody or something like that, you know, you, you know what I have to do? And... and, and and there's people here you could ask, when they've come to me for problems, when they've come to me with situations, when there has been issues, I usually don't even have to talk about their weakness. I start talking about the strength of Christ and the reflection of the Christ life like brings conviction on their weaknesses without me even speaking about their weakness. When you go into that forgiveness room, it's like, oh my, the, the, more, the more I see Jesus, the more perfection, the more holiness, and the more purity I see in Jesus. Woe is me, for I'm unclean as Isaiah, as he saw the Lord high and lifted up. The more we see Jesus, the more I, I don't need people pointing out my failures. The more I see Jesus, the more I see how low and how unclean I am. Have mercy upon me, God. I become like when Jesus when it was invited for to have that meal at that, that, that rich man's house. And, and he was laying at the table and everybody who was everybody was there. And, and it was just an awesome time. And here comes this lady with a bad reputation. And she comes and she falls at the feet of Jesus. And she starts crying and, and, and weeping at the feet of Jesus. And oh, the good people started going. Oh, if he was a true prophet, he'd know what type of woman she was. That's a woman of the night. It's a, she's a harlot. She's a prostitute. If he was truly a prophet, he would know what type of woman she was. And she was weeping at his feet. And he, what the, the head of the house finally wanted to send somebody to grab this woman and take her away from Jesus. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. This is the best part of what I've had tonight. I came here. You didn't wash my feet. I came here. You, you, you didn't come to me like she came to me. And you go read there. I believe it is in Luke chapter 7. She looks at her, he looks at her. And he, he, I can see like we read tonight. He raises her face. And he, look me in the eye. And Jesus raises her face. She's been crying at his feet. He says, uh-uh. Don't look at my feet. Look me in the eye. I'm not ashamed to call you my sister. I can see him grab that girl's face and go. And he said, your sins, which are many. And it says, he said, your sins, which are many. 
the message says your sins that are many, many are very, very forgiven. Many, many, very, very forgiven. And in that same scripture, he goes on to say farther down, to whom much is forgiven, much is loved. And the more I see that Christ has forgiven me and I accept that Christ has forgiven me, the more I fall in love with him. But the more that I fall in love with Jesus, the more I get to know of Jesus, the more I start seeing, oh, there's so many things that need to change in me. I'll never get out of the forgiveness room for the rest of my life. When I think I've got something beaten, oh, there's that splinter. There's something else. And so we see that he brings us here and no distractions and he wants to talk to us and, and receive not only forgiveness but, but, but healing for our sins. And let me just give you a few things here. The word sin there about when he talks about sin, it, it's an old word for archery term. And it means to miss the mark. But even more than miss the mark, it means, get this now, Father, forgive us our debts, our how many of you know, Don knows, Don Furman's a marksman, he knows real well. The bullseye. And, and, and the bullseye is the smallest circle, and there's a lot of big circles. But you can't say you hit the bullseye unless you hit the very center. If you hit below here, you hit below here, you hit below here. It's not that you're close, you're still missing the mark. And then the big things or the little things, sin is just plain missing the mark. I, I keep missing it. And I'm, I'm getting closer, but I keep missing it. And so I've got to just keep seeing the way God calls it. Like, for example, I see the target, and I call sharing about somebody's problem. I'm sharing it because I want you to pray for him. He says, uh-uh, you're way down here. I call it gossip. You call it sharing, I call it gossip. You call it exaggeration, I call it a lie. It's a very fine line between what you call it and I call it. That's what God calls us because sometimes we can be so off-center. Look with me in Psalms chapter 32. Psalms chapter 32, verse 3. Aren't you thankful for the forgiveness room? Psalms chapter 32. Their destination. That I preach. Because of one little hang up. What's keeping me from getting to my destination? Because of my hang up. What's keeping my children from getting to their destination? Because of my hang-up, what's keeping my marriage and my home and my job and my business from reaching its destination? What's that one little thing that I haven't gone and totally confessed to God about? I told you about my attitude about my dad should have stood up to them women, the Ahab against the Jezebel. But you know what happens in homes? How many get angry with their dad because their dad never stood up to their mom? And you're angry with your mom, but you're also angry with your dad because your dad let your mom run him. 
And so you find yourself angry at both parents, but you don't realize that you're, you, you know you're mad at mom because mom controlled dad like everything. And so mama was just a mean, controlling woman. And you hear people, when they use that word control, it comes out of their guts. They go, she was so controlling. She controlled dad. She controlled me. She had to control every situation. When you hear people use that word, it just comes out controlling. But yet behind that is the anger at the dad, why didn't dad ever stand up to her? But you didn't confess that. You just confessed in the anger towards your mom. And when you go into that room of forgiveness, oh my, you go in there and you go, Lord, I'm coming to confess this. And the Lord says, okay, well, let's shine the light over here. Let me show you. You've been angry at this and you haven't even known it. Because of this, you've been manifesting in this. And just because of this little thing that seems so empty and, and, and insignificant, it's been stopping you from going forward and, and progressing on your spiritual journey. And so I, I just felt, you know, as we've been going through these rooms here, that, you know, we've been going through them, you know, one a night, and we've been going through kind of fast, but it's like, man, when I got to the room of forgiveness, and maybe God was, is only speaking to me tonight, which I don't believe that because we're all human. I believe God is speaking to all of us tonight about revival. Real revival is repentance. Real revival is repentance. And, 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 and admitting, yes, I'm wrong. Yes, I'm guilty. Father, I'm coming before you. Forgive me my debts as I forgive my debtors. And allow the Holy Spirit to show us these things that could all of a sudden loose the finances, loose the healing. What am I not confessing that's stopping the healing? What's happening in my life? Would you stand, please? And so as you could tell tonight, the Holy Spirit just took control and it was just a different atmosphere. Even the songs about freedom tonight. I just felt the Holy Spirit was building upon the atmosphere. And I just invite you, just close your eyes and bow your head. And as we're building this house of prayer, there will be a house for this nation and all nations. As we're coming before the Father and we're just seeking on how to build lives of prayer. We come to the sixth room tonight which is the forgiveness room. And we'll realize that that room is deep. I have to be open and transparent and be like a child. We're not going to hurry through this removing the splinter. He's going to lovingly, lovingly and tenderly and carefully remove it with all the infection too. I'm going to better go on and continue with my life the way he gave it to me. So Holy Spirit, we come to you tonight and you have our attention. And Father, we're just going to continue asking. We're going to continue knocking. We're going to continue seeking. We're going to continue crying out to you. Till those things that are hidden are all confessed. So that all our guilt and shame will be gone. We come tonight and we honor the cross. And we thank you that the enemy has no power to accuse us anymore. We reject his lies. And we thank you according to Hebrews 2.11. That Jesus is not ashamed to call us his brother and his sister. That the father, you father are not ashamed to call us your children. And we're all part of the family of God. 
Thank you, Father, for the deep work you're doing in our lives. As we open our hearts, we open our lives for you to, Lord, investigate. As David said, investigate my heart. Lord, try me and know me. If there be any wicked way, if there is any type of even an empty can, something I'm overlooking, something that doesn't seem like it could hurt anything to do with my future or my life. But yet so many are not being touched because of that little insignificant, what I consider empty can. I give it to you tonight. I ask you to reveal to me the names. I ask you to reveal to me the things in my life that have to change. Father, you know the heart here. I can sense in the atmosphere. The people here tonight are serious about this. I can sense that they're serious, that they, they, they want to go all the way with you. So I thank you for meeting us where we are and healing us as we come and confess it before you. I thank you for the healing process coming forward. And we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. As we close tonight, I want to share with you, you know, I read a scripture to you here lately about to, about it's okay to be needy. A lot of times we look at people and we say, you know, they're so needy, they're so needy. And we, we read out of Psalms where God says, I'm right there, I'm, I stand right by the needy. And I started thinking as we were someplace the other day and there was a baby crying. Do you know that when that, that baby was hungry, that baby was crying and never quit crying until it finally got its bottle. And he says, if you're going to come to me, I want you to come to me as a child. And I tell you what, there may be some areas in your life like I know in my life. I'm like that baby. I'm crying until I get satisfied. I'm crying out like a baby that, that I'm going to cry until I'm satisfied. I have to be fed. I have to, I have to be nourished. I have to feel that security. I have to feel that acceptance. I have to have my need met. It's so like that, baby, because a lot of times, you know, there's also the word about, you know, you're supposed to be on the meat and you're still on the milk. You need to grow up. And that's, yeah, that's, that's another part of the scripture. And that is true in that area. But there's also the other area about never be satisfied where we are, no matter how old we are. But like that, baby, Father, I have to have more. I have this need. I have to be nourished. I have to be fed. And I'm going to keep crying. I'm going to keep crying. I'm going to keep asking. I'm going to keep knocking. I'm going to keep seeking until you give it to me. And then, like a little baby, they need they're satisfied. My father's met all my needs. I've been through the rooms. And I've had my encounter with my father, and he's met my needs. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So I agree with you that every one of our needs are met Spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, financially, in every area. And I guarantee you, you're getting ready to have an encounter. And you're getting ready to look up. Instead of looking down where the devil's been trying to point to your past, you get ready to look into the eyes of Jesus. And you're never going to be the same again. Um, I was visiting a sister in the hospital yesterday. And her dad just passed away a few months ago. And she told me that while she was in the hospital, uh, while she was out... In, in, in her room she had a dream and in the dream her dad came to her and stood at the foot of her bed and just looked at her and smiled 
And just that dream and seeing, she looked into her daddy's eyes and just that dream she had, I believe it was Monday or Tuesday night, gave her the strength and encouraged her when she woke up the next day out of her hip replacement. She came out of that, that surgery encouraged and happy and, and everything because she had looked into her father's eyes and she felt like God let her see her dad's eyes to better tell her everything's going to be okay. There's something about seeing the eyes of Jesus that you're going to be able to see the eyes of Jesus and you're going to be able to say, I've seen the eyes of Jesus and I know everything's going to be okay. Wherever you are, everything's going to be okay. 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 You receive it? Hallelujah. We love you. We bless you. See you Sunday morning, first service, 9, second service, 1030. We're going to have a great service. Reach out to somebody, hug some necks, shake some hands. If you need prayer, we'll be here to pray with you. But we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.